Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And in today's episode, part of the mastery, attaining mastery, a compassionate heart, a loving heart, unconditional loving heart, and these mastery skills means that along the way, we must take a look at shadow. And my guest today is here to talk about shadow and how it is an untransmuted cellular density that actually we are here to alchemize. Matthew John is a spiritual teacher and a starseed mentor, and he is here today for another quantum conversation. Hello, Matthew. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Lauren. It's so wonderful to be here. It's, uh, I think last time we, we talked, it was middle of the winter for both of us, I think. Ah, yes, and here we are in the middle of <laughs> summer <laughs> during this recording, which is live at the moment. And so whether people are joining us live now or through the recording, happy, happy year. It has been a wonderful journey. Lots is going on. And then also those who are going through this, we can kind of see some um, there's a little bit of edginess to some people always in the summer, but our role as New Earth leaders is to really maybe assist people in uh, seeing how to unravel that. So welcome back, and here we are. We are here to empower and inspire. And so today, I love this topic because it is like the underbelly, right? And it probably is the hardest or the most challenging inner work that we can do. So let's talk about shadow work. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have the opportunity to really, really dig into shadow work over the next 90 minutes or so. Just what what is shadow work? What is the shadow? Why do we have a shadow? What do we do with the shadow? How do What is karma? How do we transmute karma? 
So, and, and I, I really congratulate everyone who's decided to join the call live or on demand because this is not as sexy a topic as, for example, Arcturian 90, you know, channeling. This, this is kind of getting down into the nitty gritty of stuff. This is getting our hands dirty. You know, this is the mechanic getting, getting inside the car and getting oil all over him. This is, this is the nasty stuff, but this is so important and it's so relevant for what we're going through now. And I know there's people listening, you know, not, not today and, and on demand and, or people listening a second time. That's awesome. But where we are right now for the live show, we're in this eclipse window and the eclipses serve as sort of a gateway. It's an energetic gateway and we have these eclipses every six months. And during this gateway, we really have an opportunity both individually and as a collective to really dig in and heal some of the stuff that comes up. Stuff is going to come up during the Eclipse Gateway. It's going to come up. People's, your lives could change drastically or subtly during the Eclipse Gateway. And sometimes it's not right away. Sometimes the seeds for a drastic life change comes uh, during the Gateway. For example, this Gateway that we're dealing with here in July is the Cancer Capricorn Gateway. And Cancer is all about your home and including the inner home, the emotional world which is why it's really so relevant for shadow work. And the Capricorn is all about the outer world. What is your expression in the world? What is your work, your career, all that? So we're seeing a lot of people that are now or over the next couple of weeks, over the next six months, going to be changing jobs, changing careers, changing relationships, um, changing locations. A lot of people are really considering that now. And it's not going to be for everyone. Not everyone is going to experience some drastic upheaval in their life. But it's certainly possible. It's possible because on an energetic level, what the eclipses do, they, it's like a snow globe that gets the eclipses shake up the globe and all the snow has got to fall back down to the surface. And when all the snow in that snow globe settles again, things can look different. And at the very least, even if our physical world doesn't end up looking drastically different, you know, when we come August, September, after we've made it through this window, or even, you know, later on, it, it's our inner world. Our inner world can, can look drastically different. So that's why talking about shadow work and really intending to do some shadow work, which we're going to do today, is really, really apropos for the, uh, the time period that we're in right now. And not only that, we have Mercury in retrograde right now. It'll be there until mid-August. And when Mercury is in retrograde, it really helps us. It's an opportunity to really get into deeper communion with the subconscious mind, where we can really understand the subconscious mind better. We have Chiron and Aries squaring the most recent eclipse we had on uh, July 2nd. And Chiron and, and Aries is all about the, the shadow side of it, at least, is the shadow masculine, the shadow masculine, narcissism, abuse. And we're seeing that in the collective. We just had some big news that came out this week about the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing and kind of the house of cards and other card in the house of cards potentially falling down, right? And that is very relevant to Chiron being in Aries and Pluto conjuncting the moon coming up for this next eclipse, which is on the July 16th, which can tr trigger deep wounding around, again, abuse and narcissism. Pluto is that planet. It's the planet of Scorpio. It's that all or nothing. The shadow side of Scorpio is the abuse and the narcissism and abusing power, power struggles and all that. So this can be brought up during this next eclipse and after, um, and also memories of grief as well, like when people left us or breakups and people have been torn away from us. 
And so it's all so relevant right now. So you might be saying, oh, my God, I've been having dreams about this person from years ago. or I've just been having thoughts come up in the middle of the day about this person that left me a few years ago or this person that left the planet a few years ago. And you just might, you know, you might want to cry, to be quite honest. And it's a very Mm -hmm. healthy thing. You know, and if anyone feels the need to cry on this call while you're listening to this, it's so healthy. It's just the the energy moving through. We have to allow the emotions to move through in order for the energy to move through. As a rule, whatever you're feeling, you're healing. So if you feel the need to cry today, tomorrow, two weeks from now, or if you're listening to this a month uh, from the live broadcast and you want to cry, we, we need to cry. We need to get this stuff out. And you'll cry. And the reason why, why do, you, why do we always feel better after we have a good cry, right? It's because <laughs> the energies move through. And there's yeah. more space. We, we've created more space. So, yeah, this is all so relevant for now. And, uh, and we're really going to dig in. And, and I know you, you had kind of um, read what I wrote, the shadow being an aggregation of untransmuted cellular density, right? And so what does that mean? What is untransmuted cellular density? What is cellular density? Because I feel like, you know, Loren, like you and I are, you know, have been in this wor- world for a while, you a lot longer than me. And that, that term, cellular density, gets thrown around a lot. But I don't know if people actually really kind of understand what it means. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I mean, it gets very deep because uh, this, this goes deeper into emotions and wounds that literally mm-hmm. affect us on a cellular level exactly. and a DNA level. So, okay, exactly. so continue. And I'm only just yeah. um, just a year or two above you. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, anyway, just a few years. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, untransmuted cellular density. What does that really mean? So, like Loren said, when we have traumatic events happen to us in this lifetime or in previous lifetimes, because it gets carried over. When your soul when when your physical body expires, when your physical body reaches its endpoint and the soul leaves the physical body behind. The soul goes to the afterlife and goes to the interlife and the area between lives, which is the space for healing and reorientation. And then the soul gets ready to come back into a new body, to come back into a new suit. But all of the experiences from the previous lifetimes are never lost. They're all there. And inevitably, there's going to be some experience from other lifetimes that were not so pleasant. Some of these were experiences that the character that the soul was playing had done to them, being a victim. Other experiences were the character that the soul was dressed up as did this to someone else or did this to animals or the planet or whatever. And when we go, when we, when something happens that is against the laws of love, whether, and basically the law of love is the law of that anything that is, separate from love is going to cause some sort of reverberation and love heals all those are kind of the both both sides of the laws of love so anything that 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 character does either perpetuates or has done to them is going to leave a scar of some some kind it's going to leave a wounding and that wounding is carried forth in the cells of the body because it gets carried into the dna just like lorenz said it gets carried through the dna and when you are born and incarnate into the new physical body, all of a sudden that DNA manifests as your cellular structure, right? And this is exactly why 
there's a correlation between physical disease and emotional disease or emotional um, debris or things that are not fully felt. And again, there's not always a it's not a hundred percent correlation because there's other factors involved. And it you know if anyone ever says oh you're sick because you're not thinking right, it's bullshit. It's not true. Excuse my language. It, it, it there may be an aspect to it, but there's other factors. There's physical factors, you know, because it, it can be a bit of an uncompassionate teaching for when I see people out there saying oh you're you're sick because you thought something wrong or you did something wrong in a previous life. It's not how it works. There can be an aspect of something inside that is not fully felt yet and that when you start to feel, it can help to put you on the trajectory towards healing. But there also might be other factors. You might have heavy metals in you. You might have viruses. You might have bacteria. You might have candida. There's all sorts of stuff, right? So there is a correlation, but it's not the complete answer to that. But this is so we carry this in ourselves until it's time, until it's safe enough, truly, for us to start to go through it. And one of the reasons, by the way, on a spiritual level, why people get sick is it's not necessarily because they're, they're thinking the wrong thoughts or the wrong beliefs or they did something wrong in their past life. It's because their soul is giving them an opportunity to be still and to heal. It's giving them that safety cocoon that they didn't have because they were too busy trying to escape from what was within by working their job and going into different relationships and going to the pub and going to the sports games and all that. And not all that stuff is great, but not when it's used to escape what's going on within. So what we really want to do over the next hour or so is really intend to stop running from anything that is within to stop running because that's one of the first steps to healing anything within is we need to stop running. We need to face. We need to have that courage to face what's within. And this is the courage that, quite honestly, most of the world does not have. Most of the mm-hmm. world still, I mean, therapy, you know, is, is becoming mainstream, which is a wonderful thing. You know, 20, 10, 20 years ago, if you went to therapy, there was something wrong with you. You're crazy, right? You're a psychopath. Now therapy is mainstream. Alternative medicine is mainstream. Healing is mainstream. Yoga is mainstream. Meditation is mainstream, right? So this is wonderful, and it's a, it's a sign, it's a visceral sign of the ascension because it, it, people are feeling more comfortable to come out with this stuff. And, we, you know, we look at what's going on in the collective with the Me Too movement from a couple of years ago, and it's still going on, and, and all of this stuff is coming out about the sexual abuse. It's all related to what's going on internally with people. The internal reflects the collective, and as a collective, we've decided that it's time to start really facing the shadow of humanity. And this is what will ultimately free us from the prison that has been created for us on this planet is when we have the courage to face the darkness as a collective. And that's when the people in power all of a sudden have an awakening and they're like, you know what? I, I've been on the wrong path. I want to make a difference here. I want to go on the positive path. That's when negatively oriented consciousness all of a sudden becomes healed into positive consciousness if they choose so, and everyone has that choice, right? So it, it all relates on every level, the individual to the collective consciousness. So as I said, we've all been abused and we've all been abusers. It's not a comfortable thing to think about, but I know most people that have reached the level of being on a call like this, it's something you've probably heard before or had a glimpse of. If you were abused in this lifetime, in another lifetime, you most likely dressed up as a character that did 
something to another character that wasn't so nice. Now, you're not being punished in this lifetime. This is a misconception about karma. You're not being punished in this lifetime if something happens to you. What happens is the soul desires to experience both sides of every theme. The soul desires to experience abuse and being abused, being rich, being starving, um, being a narcissist, being an empath, right? And it, it happens that most people that are on this ascension path, that are on this call, we're the empaths. We're not the, we're the ones that are being affected by narcissists because our souls have already kind of had those experiences of the other side of that in other lifetimes. And this, the, the empathic path is generally, it's, a, it's an easier jump for the conscious being that is the physical being, the you, to go from being an empath to being an awakened, ascending, ascended being rather than the opposite. Going from a narcissist to being an awakened being is a much more difficult jump, but it's possible. So most of the time, the, your life plan is planned around being an empath and a, most light workers that I've worked with, unfortunately, but it's a part of the plan, have been abused early in life, have gone through relationships where they were abused, whether it be physically, sexually, or just verbally, um, have gone through jobs or careers where they they weren't really honored. You know, they're, they just were kind of, they, they weren't valued. They weren't really valued, right? Maybe they had parents that didn't value what they really cared about. Maybe someone left them, either leaving the planet or through a breakup early in life or, or several times. I've worked with people just have had this like serial incidences of people leaving them. And it, and it deep down, you, they feel like, what have I done wrong? Why do people keep leaving me? What the hell is wrong with me, right? But, of course, it's all in the life plan to help the soul transmute what needs to be transmuted because this is the other aspect of karma. The soul wants to experience both sides of things, and the soul also needs to balance the karma. So, as I said, anything that goes against the law of love, that character from a previous lifetime did some things against the laws of love, then in this lifetime, the soul desires to balance that so it balances the energy field. It balances the toroidal field that animates you. So it could be, let's say, for an example, in a previous lifetime, a character you were dressed up as was kind of a, a nasty character, didn't really treat people very well, and was just hungry for power, hungry for power. Right? And so the soul says, all right, I got some karma to balance here. So let me make an agreement with some other souls, perhaps in my soul group, who will play my parents. And my parents are going to have such a dysfunctional relationship. My dad is going to abuse my mom. My mom is going to end up being a martyr. I'm going to feel like I don't have a place to hide during my childhood. I'm going to feel like I'm just in chaos all the time. And it's going to make me turn against myself. It's going to make me abuse myself mentally and verbally and to, to feel like I'm worthless. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to go through a period of addiction. I'm going to be addicted to alcohol and drugs and sex, and I'm going to go off and lose myself because I'm trying to run away. It's the only way I know how to run away from the pain within. And then at a certain point in my life, I will start to have these activations. I will start to have books fall off shelves for me. I will start to come across YouTube videos, and I will feel this deep sense that I need to heal this stuff. And I will be in a safe 
place in my life, finally, where I'm out of my parents' house, I'm, I'm single, I'm in a safe place where I can finally address this stuff within, and then I'm going to have to go through processing all the emotions, doing the crying, I'm going to go seek out this therapist and this coach and all this, and eventually I'm going to feel so different and so healed that I forgive my parents for everything they did because they, they didn't know any better. And I am going to then have a child that I don't pass any of this on to anymore. And that child grows up in a loving, loving family. And thus, I've transmuted that karma. The key, how do we transmute karma? And it's so simple that I think a lot of teachers miss putting it as simple as this. We transmute karma by becoming different. We become different people. And this is why even even kids who are not necessarily in their awakening or ascension lifetime. And I would gather that most children now, or at least a lot of them, and I'm really not sure about this, quite honestly, but I think a lot of them are in their ascension lifetime, the ones that are kind of being born in the past 10, 20 years. And maybe if they're not waking up right away, I mean, because they're, they're kids and they got to go through that ego development that we all need, but perhaps 10, 20 years down the line, they start to really wake in and this is their ascension lifetime. And But even kids, you know, that, that aren't in that lifetime, you know, kids from – the 60s and the 50s, you know, are, are my, I'm, I'm in my 30s, so my parents' age, right? They, kids always have had this just instinct to be different than their parents, right? It, mm-hmm. It's what propels the kids to, to want to be different. It's because they see the insanity of their parents and they subconsciously like, I have to be freaking different. You know, I, I look at my own family and my father, who's a wonderful man, he, he's a cancer and he, you know, for him, everything is all about stability and, and practicality, right? And him and my mom have been together for like 40 years, and my dad's worked the same job for like 40 years. And when I was growing up, you know, I would come home from school, and he'd be grumpy all the time, and he didn't want to do anything because he was so exhausted from work. And, like, subconsciously, I was just – it was just feeding me the information that nine-to-five job equals death, basically. Nine-to-five job equals unhappiness equals being grumpy and mean to your kid, right? And so what did that propel me to do? Well, I never worked a nine-to-five job in my life. I did everything I could to avoid it. I did everything I could to use my skills and things that I enjoyed for for money. And so I always was able to work fun jobs in entertainment and music um, in, in sports, right? And now, I, you know, I have my own business, of course. I'm doing what I was, I was always meant to do, right? But everyone can probably think of that example where your whatever your parents were like, there was something about that. It, you just it made you want to be totally different. So the way that we don't pass down this stuff through the family lineage anymore is we become different people. We become different people. We don't pass on to our kids anymore. And even if you already have kids and you're like, oh shoot, it's too late. It's not too late because you can still become better. You can still become more healed, and you can still teach your kids. Or, or at least model to your kids how to be a more awakened human being. And this way we don't carry the stuff in the lineage anymore because eventually your parents who you inherited those kind of, you know, those, those patterns of, of low self-esteem or those patterns of martyrdom or guilt or whatever it is for you or, or even narcissism, whatever it is for you, you know, eventually they'll pass over to the afterlife and then, that stuff is now gone from the lin- – whatever you've transmuted, it's gone from the lineage. It's gone from the family lineage. And there's family karma and soul karma. So the soul says, 
all right, I have this stuff I need to balance from past lives. And so to balance that, I'm going to choose my, I'm going to choose the characters, the family to grow up in that will most help me to eventually transmute that and be able to give back that wisdom by becoming different, right? And then this, there's also that family karma that so basically the soul is also kind of taking on that family karma because it's, it, there's a resonant vibration. It's the same vibration. It's the same themes. And then as the soul works on its own karma, it's also transmuting the karma of the family lineage. We don't necessarily kind of incarnate into the same exact family every time. Sometimes it's like that where your mom, you know, was you were her mom in a, in a previous lifetime. Or your husband, you know, you were his brother or whatever. Sometimes the situations are a little bit different um, in the soul group of 12. 12 beings generally kind of play each other's roles in, in lifetime. So I know I, I've kind of – I know we're just getting started here. I've kind of been through a lot there. But, Lorette, I just want to bounce this off you. You know, does that all kind of seem pretty clear? Is there something I could maybe dig into more for people, of what I just started with there? Well, I love it, um, and and it is the work that we do, the shadow work, and I I love the the co- for the collective as well. Um, doing that shadow work for the collective, we can kind of see that coming up, and so um, it 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 becomes our choice of humane or inhumane. Are we going to put up with the inhumane anymore? And it's beautiful because that in itself is making us dig deep within ourselves to um, bring forth new ideas, to bring forth new earth creations, right? To put mm-hmm. all of our skills and our talents together. So thank you for sharing exactly. that. And, and, and as we look at the collective shadow, not to get discouraged by it, but really take that as our cue of right. becoming different and doing something Becoming different, different. exactly. Because ultimately the and, – and I'm going to present in, in, a, in a little bit here. I'm going to present to you my model of how we heal trauma and abuse and what I use with, with people that I work with directly. And the last part of it is giving back. So it's always that we end up becoming different and then we end up being able to – we're automatically already giving that back just by becoming different because we're, we're contributing that experience the planetary consciousness, the, the planetary body of all 8 billion human, human beings and human souls, right? So we're already contributing to that. But we also inevitably, in our, especially in our Ascension Awakening lifetime, which probably all of us on the call are in that, in that one, then we're also, there's some sort of service work that's involved. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the people that I work with, you know, a lot of this, I, I work with a lot of people healing relationships. I work with a lot of people helping to heal physical diseases. And these are all, these have been, been big themes in my own life. And being a Scorpio, I'm a Scorpio and obviously mm-hmm. my soul set up my astrology. So I'd be really good at working with the shadow work and really comfortable hearing people's traumas and he- hearing about just the most horrific experiences that people have been through and to be there and to be able to hold space and listen. And, you know, just by, you know, that, that's a good point as well. Is is when someone is kind of sharing their deepest their deepest hurts with you or their deepest vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the the only thing you need to do is just listen, because it, it's almost as if sometimes something is so painful within that 
someone is just afraid to share with anyone. And then finally, you know, you make a close friend or you're in a relationship with someone and they start to share that. Sometimes all they really need is for you to just listen and just not even put your input in. Just listen. Just listen. And then, you know, if there's anything you can share from your own experiences that you think can really help that person, then you share that. Um, but we're going to go through that model in a minute. I, what I wanted to, to also talk about here is how do we kind of identify our own shadow? How do we identify that mm-hmm. shadow in ourselves? And there's mm-hmm. a couple of keys, triggers. Triggers, triggers. is one. So mm-hmm. what are the ways that you are triggered, especially those triggers that come up in romantic relationships or very close friendships or even sometimes business relationships? What is it that really triggers you? And especially those triggers that seem irrational in a way, like they're like, you're like, wow, why did that even affect me so much? Like when you can look back with a clear head and be like, all right, this actually wasn't that big of a deal. Why did I feel so hurt by that? Right. Um, self-abuse. Where are we abusing ourselves? And, and most of us, you know, at this level are not like literally physically abusing ourselves. We may have come from a past of doing that. Right. And thank God we're not doing it anymore. But it, how are we abusing ourselves mentally? How are we abusing mm-hmm. ourselves through the way we talk to ourselves? How are we abusing ourselves through not giving ourselves the correct nutrition? How are we abusing ourselves by keeping staying stuck in something like smoking addiction or alcohol addiction or sex addiction that's not serving us or anything like that, or even escapism, spending too much time watching TV or whatever? There can be a whole number of ways we can escape. And like I said, that's always an indication of running away from something within, right? Self-sabotage. How are we sabotaging ourselves? You know, what happens when something seems too good to be true? What? How do you start to act differently? How do you start to talk to yourself differently, right, until you, you get that relief of like, oh, thank God I, I screwed that up. And then you start to hate yourself, right? <laughs> I, this is one that I've worked through for, for the past 10 years is that self-sabotage because um, I used yeah, to do it all the time. Yeah, I think we all have a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, what's the purpose of self-sabotage? You know, on a spiritual level, it's to bring light to where we're being too hard on ourselves. So we we Mm -hmm. end up being too hard on ourselves in certain ways, and then it manifests as as a sabotaging ourselves in other ways. It's because we have to, one of the, the rules, so to speak, of life, is kind of that that law of non-duality where we have to learn to not judge the darkness and to not judge the things we don't like about ourselves. And we all are born with certain strengths and certain weaknesses. Some of us are physically beautiful. Some of us are less physically beautiful. Um, Some of us are very strong. Some of us are less physically strong. You know, and, and some of it is genetic. Some of us just come from a lineage of athletes and people living to 90 years old. Some of us come from a lineage of, of a lot of sickness, right? Um, some of us are, are just naturally have a lot of cognitive skills. And in school, we're really good at math and writing, and some of us are not, and we might feel less than because of that. So there's always, we all, each and every one of us has things about us that are strengths and weaknesses. And, and that's, just, that's just how it's supposed to be. The soul, you know, it has to do with what you've been doing in other lifetimes. It has to do with kind of the life plan and what your soul really wants you to learn and address. But whatever those things are that you really don't feel confident about yourself, that you've never felt confident about yourself, that you've judged yourself, the ways that you've been too hard on yourself. You know, did you grow up in a family where your dad was 
really hard on you and you just, you know, you had to succeed in school or else you, you get punished or something or your dinner would be taken away. This happens to kids. It's, you know, it's sick, but it happens, you know, or, and, and so there, it builds up an inner tension. Like, oh my God, like if I'm not good enough, then I'm not valued. I'm not valuable enough to live. I'm not valuable enough to be. I'm not valuable enough, enough to exist. And that's what activates the shadow within because the shadow says, no, if you're going to treat me like this, if you're and, and this, talking to your own self, the shadow says to your own self, if you're not going to honor my divinity and you're, if you're not going to honor my right to fail, then I'm going to make your life a living hell, right? And so the shadow will come up in other ways and sabotage you. It will it will come out in ways that end up being self-sabotaging things that you screw up a good opportunity. And then you see, then we see what happens. Do you hate yourself for a while? Do you berate yourself? I will share something very vulnerable with all of you because I, this is a space for that. I was so bad with the self-sabotage thing and the inner tension of, of having to do everything perfectly. I used to punch myself in the head for years. I did this. I used to punch myself in the head And, of course, I ended up with neurological issues that I still deal with, not potentially directly as a result of that physically, but metaphysically there's something there. Um, So I've had to go through that really extreme process of learning to stop sabotaging myself and learning to stop being so hard on myself and to just allow myself to relax and and it's okay. You know, I don't have to succeed so hard at everything. And, you know, that's a pretty extreme example, but, you know, I, I say that to to help people who have been through similar uh, similar things of just berating yourself, right? So it's something we got to stop. First of all, we, we have to stop doing it. And, you know, a lot, let's take this opportunity to just take stock of where how, and how are you still being mean to yourself. And we have to stop it. We have to stop it or else the self-sabotage comes up. And also just because to recognize our value as being so inherent and so golden and so unshakable that we would never want to do that because be, when, when it would seem like being mean to ourselves would be the same as like kicking an innocent puppy. Like that's how we need to start to, to feel about ourselves. You know, like no one, no one on this call would ever kick an innocent, cute little puppy or a child. No one would kick a child, right? There are people in the world that do, of course, unfortunately, but we do it to ourselves all the time. We don't necessarily physically harm ourselves like I used to, but we berate ourselves both mentally and verbally, or we allow ourselves to stay in situations where we're not being respected in relationships where we're being berated or verbally abused or physically abused or sexually abused. Right. And, or, or, or in jobs where we're not being honored. And, and this has to end. We have to, as both individuals and as families and as collective, as a collective conscious, we have to stop this now. The buck has to stop now. So we have to just pledge, you know, in this moment, let's all pledge to just, Stop the self-abuse. Let's be nice to ourselves, you know? And, and it's okay if, if we don't get everything done on time. And it's okay if we, if we say something that triggers someone else. And it's okay if we're not where we want to be financially or if we think we're, fit, we're not where we want to be spiritually or our third eye is not open enough or whatever. It's okay. It's okay. And once we, earn, we learn to really just tell ourselves that it's okay and we stop the self-abuse, all of a sudden the self-sabotage Jesus, it's gone. And I tell you this from experience. Another way that the shadow comes out is um, judgment and negative talk about others. You know, um, <laughs> I, I love YouTube. And I, while I'm cooking, 
all my meals I'm always watching YouTube. And I read the comments because it's very amusing and also very sad and kind of disturbing to see how easily people will just bash other people on the Internet, especially on YouTube. Especially and, if they're hidden. Too, right? Yes, and if they're yeah, hidden yep. and anonymous. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anonymous, the keyboard warriors, right? It's so easy for people to do that. And this is another way that we can recognize the shadow within. Are you easily critical of others? Are you easily judgmental of others? Are you easily jealous of others? And I'm not saying I'm perfect at all these either. I work through all this stuff as well, just like everyone on this call. But it's it's a way to recognize. It's a way to recognize, all right, there is some of that shadow within. I go on Instagram and instantly I'm like so freaking jealous of this girl or this guy, because they look better, or they got better pictures, or they look like they got more money, or, or whatever it is, right? So that's something to recognize, because that's the shadow. Jealousy will persist. Jealousy will persist until you are giving yourself enough credit. When we're jealous, we're never giving ourselves enough credit, because it's all about what am I not doing? And when you say that, what am I not doing, that, that innocence within, the inner child, as some call it, it feels separate from you and feels like it's being stepped on. What, what's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough? And it can relate back to an experience. Maybe when you were five years old, you know, you, you liked art and your dad was like, no arts for, you know, whatever blank word. Uh, you need to go play, play football, right. Or, or, or basketball or whatever, you know, maybe that happened to you or, or that kind of thing. And then that stays in there. That tension stays within, Right. And then all of a sudden you're jealous of everyone else because you're not giving yourself credit for where you're at and all you've been through and all you survived. Even just giving ourselves credit for all the crap that we've survived in our lives. All of us on this call have been through trauma in one way or another. Even if there are, you know, I've, I've worked with people um, who for some reason their life plans just are somewhat clean. Like they don't have a lot of really serious trauma or abuse or people leaving the planet on them. But there's others that just have really horrific stuff that have gone on. And it's just different. It just, it has to do with, you know, past lives and it has to do with the lessons that the soul wants to really address. But whatever it is, we've all gone through that trauma. So just to give ourselves credit right now for surviving, for just being here and for keeping a positive outlook as best we can. You know, if you're on this call, you're obviously looking to improve yourself. And it takes courage and it takes a positive outlook to do that. And then the last thing to really kind of identify the shadow within would be anything that we do, actions against the laws of love. And all of us pretty much have done something or said something in this lifetime that kind of goes against the law of love, something that was kind of mean, right? We've all done. We've all done something that was kind of mean or said something that was kind of mean. We may not do it anymore, and the moment we stop doing that, that is it's a monumental moment for our souls, for our physical selves, and for the planet because we're not passing that on anymore. So those are some ways to identify the shadow within. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, yay no, for ahead, the new Earth School, or yay for the Earth School and the lessons learned in Earth School. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Earth is a school. And the curriculum for everyone is different, but there is also kind of a, it, it's, it's like this. It's like, so everyone, you register for school when you incarnate on earth and there's different grades. And that's why we have 
many incarnations in a human body. And we move up the grades in our incarnations, and then we get to the, the last grade. And it's almost as if when we're getting ready to graduate, we have to give something back. We have to write our thesis. So the way that we write our thesis is a lot of times by creating a really difficult life plan because the soul says, I want to handle all of this, everything that's left. I want to handle it in this one lifetime. And then I am going to step into my service work. So your service work ends up being kind of a culmination of all the wisdom you've learned and all the tools you've learned through dealing with your own stuff. And that's when, and not everyone is destined to become a healer or a coach or whatever. A lot of people are. You know, I mean, the reality is we need people to do other things as well, right? But you, even if you, you know, you spend the rest of your life working kind of a normalish job, you may find your service work in, in volunteering to give back with animals. Um, it may be, you know, working at a school and, and smiling at kids. Um, it may be, you know, working, it, it may be, volunteering one day to go help clean up a beach or just for fun doing it. It may be you're a meditator and part of your service work is to just be relaxed and you walk around and all of a sudden people feel slightly more relaxed because they're in the presence of your energy field. There's infinite ways that our service work can manifest. But in this Ascension Lifetime, we all end up having this service work and it's what we're contributing to the collective. Because eventually, what is the next step the next steps after this, as far as I know, and I really don't know for sure, but as far as I know, you know, we may move on to become spirit guides for a while to those who are still in the physical body, and then eventually we may merge as a collective consciousness. We may merge as a planetary consciousness, and then all of a sudden it's on to the next. It's on to creating new planets or creating new civilizations or galaxies, right? Um, so eventually it's all about merging into oneness, and the oneness is as a planet. We're not here to escape Earth. We're here to merge into a planetary consciousness eventually. And this is a process that may take thousands of years, right, in a linear time. But this is what we're here to do eventually. We're here to merge, right? So whatever we're healing for ourselves, we're healing for the collective. And sometimes people will incarnate into, for example, a certain ethnic group or a certain um, group of people that are living in a certain geographical area that has a certain karmic load to it. For example, Native Americans in this country and in Canada, and actually all over the world, but, you know, just focusing on around here in North America, there's a very dense karma that is carried by people who incarnate into those communities. And unfortunately, there's a lot of crime, there's a lot of alcoholism, there's a lot of domestic violence, like, you know, statistically more than in, in outside the reservation. And it's because these groups are carrying this very deep karma of being victimized, right? So a soul in its ascension lifetime might say, I want to go there. I want to go on that reservation where I'm going to be in darkness and abuse and, and alcoholism and drug abuse and all that and poverty. And then I'm going to awaken and I'm going to be able to clear all that out of myself. All that karma is gone from me. I might have to step out of the reservation for a while. I might have to go travel the world. You know, I might, I might get a job that helps me to travel and to have a little separation from the density of that, right? And then I give it back. I give it back. Eventually, I come home and I start, I don't know, teaching yoga classes for people around me. I start helping. I give money back to the community to help people live a better life. You know, these are the types of things that happen. I mean, 
in you know a lot of the African American communities in this this country is that's there's kind of that theme because of what happened. What happened was victimization. So the challenge for these collective group consciousnesses is to not perpetuate the same abuse that they experienced in the past, to not perpetuate it anymore, and to kind of cut it off and say, no, we're living in empowerment now. It's all about empowerment, and then that's a very powerful thing to give back to the entire collective of Earth, because one wound that every single human being on Earth carries is the wound of victimization. Why? Because our planet has been literally colonized and controlled by the Anunnaki since the beginning of, almost the beginning of our, our time here as humans on Earth. And, of course, this is what we are doing now is freeing ourselves and completely freeing ourselves from that and becoming a sovereign planet and becoming one and joining the Galactic Federation of Light as, as a sovereign fifth-dimensional planet. That's what we're in the process of doing. So every one of us carries that wound. So each and every one of us can, can just work on that empowerment, that solar plexus wound. That's the same wound that everyone carries with them because it's in our DNA. When the Anunnaki turned off some of the strands of DNA, that wound, that wounding was made, right? And all the stuff, the chemtrails and the frequencies and all the stuff that's going on, it's all about keeping us in victimization, all the lies on television, all the bullshit, right? It's all about keeping us in victimization. So when we work on that solar plexus stuff, and, and, and we work on courage, as in the courage to, to do what we're meant to do. So if, if you feel like you're meant to be a writer, then you become a writer. If you feel like you're meant to go out and save the elephants, you, you do it. You go and save the elephants. If you feel like you're meant to have a child, you, you know, you do it. You, you make yourself into the best version of yourself so you can attract your twin flame and create a star child. Whatever it is that you feel like you're meant to do, deep down, it's so important that we do that. Like, self, that's self-empowerment because you're becoming different. You know, maybe your, your parents did, never really did what they wanted to do. They're like, oh, yeah, other people can do that. Not me. I'm just going to be safe. Like my dad. You know, I'm going to be safe and work a stable job so I can, you know, provide enough money for my family, which is a, a wonderful thing, right? But it builds up tension, too, because why did I never do what I really wanted to do, you know? Whatever. I think my dad probably wanted to be an artist or something. He was really good. But anyway, does that does that make sense, um, <laughs> Lorenz? Yes, and so it's it's the journey of this clearing, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Empowering ourselves absolutely. and giving that courage to ourselves, healing those wounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So absolutely. Then healing the shadow. Yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, I want to kind of give a couple of models here that uh, that people mm-hmm. can use, and, and we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna also do a bit of a uh, an act, a, a clearing and activation as a group, uh, uh, the group. consciousness Good. on this call. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But first, I want to pre- present a couple of a very practical models for shifting some of the stuff within, for shifting. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, we can't forget the emotional side of things. So no matter what, we generally need to feel the emotion as it moves through. So it's like, and sometimes it doesn't mean bawling out and crying. But sometimes it does. Sometimes it means getting in your bathtub and doing your Epsom salts and lighting some candles and just putting on a sad song and just crying your eyes out. Because I've done that a lot. <laughs> I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I, I got something's got to move through, I'll I'll 
put on this one song that makes me ball and I'll just <laughs> ball and hug my dog. Um, I do it all the time. So the emotion does have to move through. Um, sometimes it doesn't mean balling out. Just, you know, you might feel a little tear in your eyes. Or you might feel just a little bit of emotion come through. Um, sometimes it's not just about the sadness, you know. what? Because sadness a lot of times, actually, probably always, what's at the center of sadness is actually rage. Rage is the deepest emotion. And when we do not feel, when we're not, willing and courageous enough to dig in and honor rage, then rage will come out in other ways at other people. Not for, you know, once we become conscious, we usually one of the first things we learn and get good at is not doing that, not hurting other people, not getting angry at other people, but people who aren't so conscious, when they're not willing to feel that rage within, it ends up coming out at other people because it's a defense mechanism. It's like when something gets too close, it's like, oh, I got to put this energy out. I got to shoot this energy out of me, right? And that protects the wound. So one of the best exercises that you can do is when you feel triggered, when you feel sad, when you feel angry, is if you can just separate yourself from the situation, separate yourself from the person who triggered you. Say, I got to go for a walk. I got to go. I got to go sit in my room or something or go outside in the garden. And you do so, and you just breathe into, locate in your body where it feels like that wound is that just got wounded. A lot of times it'll be right in the solar plexus. Sometimes it's the heart. Um, it's usually around there. It could be other places too. Kind of this trauma can get stored anywhere. And you just breathe into it. And you intend for maybe the first time in your life to instead of run away from it, which maybe earlier in your life, like I did, you, you know, ran away from, from it into, into addiction, right? I did that for years. Um, but instead of doing that, to go deeper, it's like you're an explorer. It's like you're James Cameron in this pod trying to go to the bottom of the ocean. So you just keep going, what is under here? What is under here? And you might find that the deepest emotion is actually rage. Underneath the sadness is actually rage. And it, it doesn't make sense logically. It doesn't make sense, but it's there. And as soon as you feel it and you allow yourself to feel it, a big shift can happen. A significant shift can happen in your consciousness and in your consciousness and in your life, in your real life. And it just, it can be a second. It can be one second. You know, when I, I, I go to a network chiropractor every week, I've been going for years. I love it. Um, my <laughs> chiropractor, you know, she always, she, she helps me to like, this is where I, I kind of intuitively learned some of this stuff too is, is to go into these spots and she's like, all right, Matt, just give me one second, one second of attention, you know, in that spot on my spine where obviously my consciousness is trying to escape from. And just that one second and she makes the connection using her magic and boom, all of a sudden my spine is healer and I'm healed and I'm feeling kundalini up through my spine and all that, right? So to, just like that, it's just, it can take one second of truly truly having the courage to feel what is within. And it does not ever mean feeling rage never means expressing it outward. That's a myth. That only, it, it doesn't dissipate the energy. It actually builds it and then the energy dissipates again, but it's still there. The only way to actually dissipate the energy within that's stored in this rage is to feel it within and to just breathe into it. And you might feel like you're, you, you, there's fire. You might feel like your skin is on fire for a moment. 
And then you might feel sadness again. And then you might feel ah, relief. You might just feel this sense of relief, like something moves through you. And we can do this on our own. It just takes a second of being willing to feel what's really under there. So that's, that's an exercise we can use. Um, another exercise we can use is uh, kind of a five-step process to shifting negative beliefs. Triggers are a great way to do this. So next time you get triggered, and maybe inevitably it'll happen, because it happens to the best of us. It happens to me all the time, usually with my mom. <laughs> um, and I love her to death, but it, it still happens, right? And um, so what, next time that happens, whatever it is, if you can remember to do this and just to take a step back, and sometimes it takes this little kind of exercise of going above ourselves, and we can all kind of practice this right now just for fun. Like, can you go above yourself? And this is a good psychic practice, too. You want to learn some better psychic skills? Can you go above yourself right now and just kind of watch yourself for a moment? Separate yourself and just kind of watch yourself. It's not easy. It's something to practice with. But you can do that or to go to a space within where you feel like you're separate like the, the space behind your eyes where the consciousness lies. And all of a sudden, you feel just a little bit separate from the density of yourself. And from there, can you identify what are the themes? What are those themes that I get triggered by? Is it, for example, I get triggered when someone implies that I can't do something on my own, you know? So when my mom, you know, says something and she's, and it, I, I all of a sudden I'm going back to 15 years old and I'm like, mom, come on, I can do it. Like, oh, come on, really? And I get angry, right? And and so what is the underlying belief there? If someone says something that implies, even if they don't mean it, on the subtlest level that you take is I'm not capable or I'm not good enough or I can't do this, right? Well, the underlying belief is I'm not capable. I can't make it on my own in this world. I'm not as good as other people. There's something wrong with me. What the fuck is wrong with me? Excuse my language, but that's kind of the, you know, the underlying energy to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so once we kind of become aware of that, for just a moment, the next step is to acknowledge. And this is the step that we often miss, to acknowledge the right for this feeling, this part of us to exist. I acknowledge and honor your divinity and your right to exist to the part of us that is feeling not capable. I acknowledge or feels like a failure. I acknowledge your divinity and your right to exist, and I honor that you are just as divine as the parts of me that I love, the parts of me that I do put on my Plenty of Fish profile for people who are in the singles world, right? <laughs> the, the part of me that I do want to show on a first date, the part of me that I do want to show, bring out in that business presentation at work, the part of me that I do want to show when I make a new friend, that part of me is just as divine as this part of me that feels like a complete and utter failure or a fuck-up. That, you're just as divine. And that's not an easy thing to do. But once we acknowledge that, the next step is gratitude. Because ultimately, these shadow aspects come out in order to show us where we need healing and where we need to become better than those who came before us in our lineage, just like we talked about, Right? Thank you for showing me where I need to love and honor myself more. Thank you for helping me, for motivating me to become a better person. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. 
And then the, la- the fourth step would be alchemy. We want to create a new pattern. We want to create a new affirmation or behavioral pattern. So, for example, for the example I've been given, which is some obviously I've worked through and I'm still working through sometimes, is I am strong and capable and worthy, and I'm an amazing human being. I'm awesome. I, I can do it. I can do it all. I'm doing great. I, I'm, I'm doing great. And, and the more you put the, the positive emotion into it, the better it helps. You know, affirmations are a wonderful thing. And a lot of pe- the people that I work with, I, all the time I give people affirmations to, you know, do these in the mirror in the morning or, you know, make your own affirmations. And uh, that's something that we'll also do on the, um, the Master Empowerment course coming up next weekend uh, is we'll, we'll do, we'll help people to create affirmations that really will serve them going forward that will help to alchemize this stuff. Um, but you can do it on your own. You just, you know, what is it that is the opposite of, of I'm a failure? I am capable. I am strong. I am worthy. I am needed in the world, you know. And then integration. The real task comes and how you can apply this and become a better person, like we talked about. And the universe will likely give you many opportunities, many opportunities to show what you've learned. you got to show your work, right? You can, the test comes. You know, you, you, we work on this in school, and then the test, test day comes when all of a sudden something someone says that in the past might have triggered you. Does it trigger you now? Does it still trigger you, or have you transcended that trigger? And that's a really amazing thing to do to transcend that trigger. And it's something that most people on the planet are still not capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So you'll know when you're a, become a more healed person, a different person, when that same theme comes up and you're no longer triggered by it. And that theme might come up multiple times. Or here's something kind of fun that happens is sometimes you'll think you're done with the theme, like you've mastered that. And then the universe and in its infinite wisdom says, all right, five years later now, do you still remember what you worked on? Or are you going to go back to when you were 15? <laughs> right? And then we might have to work through it all over again. So that's a little process you can use. It, basically, we just the, the most important step is becoming aware. When we just become aware of what is that theme within, what is the real underlying theme that is causing us to get triggered or to abuse ourselves or to, to self-sabotage ourselves, and a lot of it has to do with feeling unworthy, feeling incapable, feeling not good enough, feeling like an outcast, feeling um, stepped on, feeling like a martyr, feeling victimized. That's a lot of it. That, that's kind of most of it. And, and most of those are those solar plexus themes as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I mean, I think the awareness is at least 70%, if not 75%. Agree. Right? Agree. Of the yep. work. Yeah. And then, you know, um, we're talking about the shadow, and this is like um, removing or transcending those triggers that reveal the shadow. And then there's a part, I know, where because we love ourselves so much, we will not let others walk over us or disrespect us, right? So that's like another phase. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. That's, that's of healthy boundaries. Like, <laughs> that's like step six. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, is is the healthy boundaries? We we want to make sure that when we're now that we are different and honoring ourselves more than before, the same things that may have applied before won't fly mm-hmm. anymore. No, we're not going to accept that anymore. That's done. That is done. You know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it means 
changing relationships. Sometimes it means changing careers. Sometimes it means changing locations. I know we started off the hour talking about that, and and this can happen. You know, just people, you know, in the spiritual community, it's pretty well known. I'm sure a lot of people on this call, you know, you kind of see that once you start awakening, a lot of times you lose old friends. You you know, a lot of people just kind of fall by the wayside because you don't resonate with them anymore or because they're not really speaking to you anymore in the way that is okay for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And we get to decide. They don't get to decide. We get to decide. You get to decide what's acceptable in how someone speaks to you, how someone treats you, whether it's in a personal, romantic, or business relationship. You get to decide. And that's so important, especially for, for empathic people like us that are on this call, to take that part of ourselves back, to take that power back. It's all about personal empowerment. All about personal empowerment. Yeah, that is um, empowerment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to present uh, one more model that I think can really help people, and then we'll do we can do the clearing, uh, if that's okay. okay. Um, Perfect. This is an eight an eight step process for processing trauma and abuse. And if you feel like you've been through something that is unprocessed, then just allow kind of the model of this to permeate into your consciousness and then perhaps eventually you'll be able to move through all of these steps. The important part is that we don't want to rush through all these steps. So the first step of processing trauma and abuse is feeling the truest emotion. And a lot of times it's rage. It is pure, unfettered rage. Why did you do this to me? Why did this happen to me? I hate you. I fucking hate you. Excuse my language again, but that's how, that's what the feeling is, right? So we have to acknowledge that. We have to be willing to feel that. And it, it doesn't always mean, it, it doesn't mean ever expressing it on someone else. Although it can happen when, you know, we're, we're new at this, we can still, it, it can come out in certain ways, but it's something we want to work on. And when we truly feel the rage within, we no longer have any impetus energetically to get angry with others it just works like that and we'll slip up here and there but the more we're truly feeling that it just kind of goes by the wayside um or sometimes it's grief sometimes it's intense sadness that like feeling of complete vulnerability desperation and feeling like you've been everything's been taken from you and you're all alone and completely vulnerable that level of deep sadness that can be something, especially for someone dealing with someone who has left them, whether it be through leaving the planet or through a breakup. And we need to really be have the courage to feel that. And it's, for abuse and trauma, it's not about feeling it once. It's about feeling it over and over again until it doesn't feel like that anymore, until it doesn't feel as here, until it feels more distant almost like you've moved through it to a certain extent. But until you feel like that, and, and you know, I, I know we've all kind of been through this, and even people haven't, like, gone through this whole process. You know, you know, when, when, when like, a breakup happens, for example, and you're devastated by it, for the first year, it feels like it is now. It's just, it, it's unbearable. And when you cry, it's unbearable, and you feel alone and vulnerable, and then as time moves on, it feels a little bit more distant. 
But the feeling might still be there, and we have to pay attention to that. The feeling needs to be cried out completely. The feeling needs, the rage needs to be felt out completely within by breathing into it. So that's the first step. The next step is the willingness and the courage to face it. That's when we stop running from ourselves. We stop running through addiction, through relationships, through drugs or alcohol, through whatever it is, escapism into television or YouTube, whatever it is that we're running from ourselves, however we run from ourselves. For some people, it's exercise. Some people literally are running from themselves. They're just obsessively trying to sculpt their body and obsessively getting fit. And and those are all wonderful things to, to sculpt the body and all that and to get fit. But if it's because you're running from something inside, then it's not really serving you in, in a, a deeper way. The third step is absolving yourself of all guilt. Absolving yourself of all wrongdoing is really being honest because the truth is you did nothing wrong. If you were abused or, or, or if someone left you, you did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong to let go of that illusion that you did anything wrong. You did nothing wrong. Nothing. And if you feel like you did something wrong, then you forgive yourself for it. And you say, you know what? I'm ready to stop holding this against myself. Step four is the acknowledgement and the understanding that whatever other characters were involved, whatever other people were involved, those people or those characters were only doing the best they could do in that moment. And if they could have done better, they would have. And this is really the truth of things is because someone can only be at the level of consciousness that they're at. And someone will only act from the range, range of options that they have based on the level of consciousness that they're at. And it's actually kind of, you can look at it in a mathematical way as well. It's like when you're operating from a higher overall consciousness more of the time, it's like almost like you have a bit of a higher number. And from that number, your range of choices are going to be more skewed towards acting with love and compassion and forgiveness and unity. While someone operating in a lower kind of average consciousness, their range of options are going to be something like anger, revenge, jealousy, narcissism, right? So to acknowledge, because it really is the truth, that if they would have done better, meaning if their level of consciousness had been higher and they had a different range of choices available to them, then they would have, but they didn't. So to acknowledge that. Step five is forgiveness of the other parties involved. And this is not easy. It's not easy. It is something that some people try to rush to and it just doesn't work because they're not really feeling what's within first. But if you're able to really feel what the emotions that it was meant to bring up and you're able to understand that they couldn't have done any better, then you're able to actually forgive that person or at least forgive that soul. You can't forgive the person and forgive the soul. And it doesn't mean you have to call them up, someone who abused you, and be like, hey, I forgive you. No, because they probably won't even understand. It's usually forgiving in your own consciousness, letting go of it from you, letting go of the grievance. I like to call it relinquishing your grievances, letting go of the chain that is holding you to not forgiving someone, no matter what they did to you. And again, 
a lot of people won't be at this step, and that's okay. That's okay. Some people won't reach this step until the end of their lives on their, their deathbeds, and they'll say, you know what? Why have I been holding on to this for 50 years? I, I'm ready to let go of this. That happens to a lot of people, you know. But the, when we, we work on this consciously, it, it can happen a lot sooner. But we can't step we can't step over the steps. We can't we can't skip over the steps. And also again, boundaries like Loren talked about. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you allow them back into your life. It doesn't. It could in some circumstances, but it doesn't. It may be that you just know this person's not good for you. But you you're not forgive you're never forgiving someone else for them. You're forgiving them for yourself. It's to free yourself, to free your energy up. Step six is the acknowledgement that whatever happened could have only happened for your highest good. How deep is your faith that everything only happens for your highest good? The soul knows that this is true, that everything only happens for your highest good. Everything has a benefit to it on a spiritual level, even the worst things like murder. Everything is a benefit on a spiritual level. And, of course, it doesn't mean we should ever hurt another person because, like, oh, it'll benefit them. No, because once we reach a certain level of consciousness, we would never want to hurt anyone. And this is where a lot of us are at now or at least almost at, at the point where it hurts you almost to say something mean to someone else. I feel my heart hurts if I say something mean to someone else. And I'm like, I am so sorry, but that's not me, and, and, and that's it. And it only happens very rarely, very rarely anymore with me. Or, or if, you know, you start to become so empathic that, you, you know, you, you kill a, a, a fly and you, and you feel bad, right? This mm-hmm. is where most of us are at. So for most of us, you know, it's, it's not a question of like, oh, you know, are, are we going to hurt him? No, we're not. We're not. It's okay. But to acknowledge that when someone does hurt another person verbally, mentally, physically, whatever it is, on a spiritual level, it is only in the highest good for all parties involved. And that takes faith. That takes a really radical level of faith, but it is the truth on the highest level. Step seven is becoming grateful for what happened. What did you learn because of what happened? Who did it force you to become? And how is that person that you were forced to become better than before? And how is that person you forced to become better than the person who abused you? better than your family how is that person that you've become better and can you see that whatever happened in your past had to it had to be meant to happen it had to have been meant to happen because look at the person you've become look at how amazing you've become look at how much more healed you've become and look at how you're now giving this back by modeling this to others by modeling this to your kids by modeling this or teaching a lot of us are in the position on this call of being coaches or teachers or healers or Reiki masters or chiropractors or doctors or whatever, right? And we're giving back. We're giving back. We're healing. We're helping others to heal. So to become grateful for all the trauma that happened, and the last step is, like I said, giving back. It's giving back. It's giving back. You're not only giving back on a physical level. It's part of your service work, whatever that might be. And a lot of times what our service work is shaped by what happened. Whatever happened to us, that's the type of people we end up working with in our service work. Yes. It, it doesn't always correlate exactly, but a lot of times it is, right? 
And that's why sharing, we hear this word so much, share. It's time to share, share. And some people are hesitant to share when they get through all of that. Like, why in the world would we ever want to share that story or that experience? But that sharing of the experience is actually a beautiful lesson that actually Mm -hmm. helps others um, go through the process so much. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know about faster, but there's the potential to go through it There is the potential, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why, you know, when we feel comfortable and and just like I've been doing today and it feels like a a story from your own life, something you've been through could help another person, then, you know, share it, share it. And and it's also, it's so feeling, you know, so many people, the internet's so incredible. It's why we're here, right? Um, To like, you know, start a blog, you know, it can be very healing to write about what you've been through on a blog or on Facebook um, or make YouTube videos about it or, or even to give presentations at your local crystal shop or whatever. Like, this is what I've been through. This is what I learned from it. This is who I've become because of it. And this is how I want to help other people who have been through this stuff. I've worked with a lot of people who have come from really horrible addictions, like heroin addiction, horrible alcoholism. And, and then all of a sudden, they're now, like, working with those exact people as therapists. They're they're helping to give back to the people that they work, you know. Right. And that's all meant to be. It's all meant to be. This is all created so we're healing as one, as a collective. This is a collective process. So whatever we're going through, the karma and the shadow work that we go through individually is our contribution to the entire collective. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, I have a clearing process that we can do for everyone. It's very brief, um, if, if that works. For, That's for us. perfect. Yes, let's go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So just have everyone kind of just settle in. And this may seem more simplistic. You're like, is this really going to do anything? And the answer is it will do the effect. will have to do a lot with how much you are ready to let go in this moment and how much you believe that this is real. And just by speaking the words and by intending that this happen and by even visualizing that this happened, that all this stuff can be cleared out of you immediately. It, it has to do with how much are you ready to go right now on this call? How much are you ready to let go of? How radical do you want to get with this? How healed and how much better can we be at the end of this call than we were at the beginning? So I invite everyone to take a nice deep breath, please. And to take another nice deep breath. And just start to establish a nice rhythm to your breathing. I invite you to put your hand or both hands over your solar plexus area and just intend Visualize, feel the breath going into that solar plexus. Feel your belly rising with the in-breath and falling with the out-breath. As we relax the nervous system, we can all visualize the violet flame of light. If you haven't seen the violet flame, it's literally what it sounds like. It's a violet flame. So it's not anything special that you got to be a super-duper light worker to do. It's literally just a violet flame. 
So imagine yourself being now in a fire of violet light. A fire of violet light. And if you can't see it right now, just intend it. Just intend that your auric field, you're finding yourself in a violet fire. As we intend that this violet fire clear away all the cellular trauma that we don't need anymore in this moment. In accordance with whatever is in your highest good. We ask for the higher selves of each person to mitigate this process so only the highest good unfolds. But whatever is in your highest good to let go of in this moment, may all that karma be burned from you. May all those traumatic memories that you don't need anymore be burned away, transmuted. Transmuted into the light. Transmuted back to source. As you now imagine energy coming through your crown and down through your vessel, pushing down any black energy, any dark energy through your vessel, through your legs and down into your feet and out the bottoms of your feet. Any black energy, any darkness you don't need anymore, just now draining through your feet. As we call in the, as we call in the Ascended Masters of Light to join in this process as we call in Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Uriel, Archangel Zadkiel. As we call in Saint Germain, as we call in Master Jesus, Master Mary Magdalene, Master Kuan Yin, and any other beings on high who would like to join in this collective group clearing process. As we call in the presence of the spirit guides of each and every person on this call. And I invite you to Repeat these words as I speak them through. If you'd like, you can also just allow the words to kind of be spoken through, but I do encourage you to speak these words out loud. I acknowledge that I have been operating with certain subconscious patterns of behavior, thought, and action which are no longer serving me. I acknowledge that I've inherited these patterns from my parents or those who raised me or others who have been close to me or even people I've seen on TV or in other media. None of these patterns that are no longer serving me are actually mine. So by the power of my higher self and with the assistance of my spirit guides and the ascended masters on high, I hereby declare that all patterns of low self-esteem Self-abuse, self-sabotage, disrespecting myself, not honoring myself, giving my power away to others, playing small, feeling unlovable or unwanted, being afraid to take risks, or other patterns of a similar vibration And feel free to insert anything else that you feel like needs to be cleared out of you now. And I'll pause for a moment.
All these patterns are hereby permanently cleared out of my field, transmuted to completion. And now that I have new space in my subconscious mind, I hereby record new patterns. These patterns say that I am whole and my value is inherent. I know how to truly value myself. I know how to truly honor myself. I know how to truly love myself. I know how to truly honor my deepest desires. I know how to claim my rightful footprint. I know how to be courageous. I know how to be grateful and positive. I know how to do this life. I know how to fulfill my life plan. I know how to set boundaries with others when necessary. I am lovable and needed. I know how to feel lovable. I know how to live my life with grace, ease, and gratitude. And if there's any other affirmations that feel appropriate for you, feel free to add them now and I'll be silent for a moment. And so all these patterns are recorded in my subconscious mind. And may these patterns become the dominant patterns that I operate from, from this moment forward. And so it is. And so this is recorded in the Akashic Records. Take a nice, cleansing, full, happy, deep breath, please. And I'd like everyone to imagine their grounding roots now from the bottoms of the soles of your feet, going down through your home or your apartment building or wherever you are, down into the earth or even in your car. Hopefully you're not driving. (laughs) Please don't be driving. (laughs) Down into the earth and connecting in deeply in the earth. And feeling the electrical and energetic connection with the earth. You might even feel these grounding roots. You might even imagine them being golden, golden roots out of the bottoms of the soles of your feet. And we're done. And we are done. I truly hope that everyone was able to feel that process, literally feel it. It was beautiful. And it was helpful for me, too, because <clears throat> something was going on in my world triggering me during this show. Mm. And it was very interesting, like outward on um, in a relationship. And it was mm. very interesting okay. how you truly helped me to transform it. 
And this is where we stop blaming others or Mm -hmm. trying to control others, be it a Mm -hmm. spouse (laughs) and um, Mm -hmm. or whoever, a, a, a child or feeling controlled by a mother or a father, mm-hmm. right? And this is where we truly mm-hmm. transmute it and transform it and then reprogram it with that beautiful mm-hmm. group healing that you just did for us. That is very empowering. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you felt something from it yourself. That's that's amazing. And, um, In you know, a I, I, again, <laughs> good, good. And for everyone that did that, now the challenge is how – different do I truly become how much do I truly integrate that and you're welcome to write that down or do it again as well but really one should be enough really if we truly truly take it to heart and say you know what I feel totally different now and it's all about integration it's all about that last step of integration and all right I am totally different and I am living my life differently and just see how you do see how everyone does (laughs) Yes, beautiful. We can feel it. Feel it, feel it, feel it. So wonderful. All right, Matthew, thank you so much. We have time for, we're going to take one caller tonight. Sure. You have sessions that you do with people and Uh um, a special offer package. So let's talk about that before we get to a caller this evening. You're doing a series of webinars and you've got a body of work that you're making available, and it's full of wonderful information, more of these teachings that you speak of and spoke of today. Yep, yep, and uh, the most exciting part about this special offer is that we're doing a, a live Mastery Empowerment course right here on this platform. It's going to be on Saturday, next Saturday, July 20th at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, and it's called Creating the 5DU. And, of course, if you can't join live, there's, it really doesn't matter if you're there live or not. Um, you can listen to the replay. It'll be just as valuable. Um, what we're going to do, it's going to be kind of like intended to build off this, intended to build off what we've talked about and the information that you've really absorbed today and also that clearing process. And it's all about, all right, how do we create that person that we want to become? How do we create that fifth-dimensional me, the 5D me? And let's create it. We're going to dig in as a group consciousness on this call, and we are going to create the new us. It's going to be we're, – we're going to focus a little more on clearing because it's so important. We're going to really be very honest and identify our blockages and clear them. Um, we're going to, again, do uh, some processes to make sure we are programming the highest possible beliefs into our subconscious mind. And we are going to really – this is a cool part of this that, that I think people are going to love is we're going to do a little meditation to actually bring people into their future on their highest possible timeline. And we're going to let them see and experience and feel that future me, the future me, the highest possible future me. And when you can feel and see that, it really helps to give you clarity about who the person you want to create is because you see the highest possibility. You feel what it feels like to be that highest possibility, right? And then the next step is all about how do we align our beliefs that with, with who that person we want to become is to help carry us forward to becoming that person. And then we identify what action do we need to take? What action steps do we need to take? What is the plan here? 
How do we become that person we want to become? And I'm going to, uh, you know, bring a, bring a pen or pencil if you're going to do this and a notebook because we're going to be making some lists and doing some diagrams and, and it's all going to be stuff that you can keep with you and keep on you to, you know, carry you into the future to keep you kind of aligned with like, all right, July 20th or whenever you listen to this, like I have decided this is the person I can become. This is the person I feel like in the future. So here's some things that help me to remember that. Here's some beliefs and affirmations and, and to keep me on track. So it's really intended to not just be a one-off thing, but something that you can really take with you as a tool. So you get that. Um, you also get six past webinars. Uh, you get the Dissolving the Ego webinar, which is all about letting go of aspects of ego consciousness, the spiritual ego, the the um, inferior ego, the superior ego, um, how to become more humble, how to become more aligned with the present moment, how do we stop judging others. It's really, really cool. Mastering Your Intuition, uh, which is a, another Master Empowerment course I did on this platform, uh, which is really great to help you to – Open up your third eye to uh, learn how to use certain tools, both um, within and using, you know, tools like cards or anything like that. Um, how do you see? How can you open your, your third eye vision to see things? How can you open your auditory channel to hear things? How do you, how do you channel through information like that? Discernment. How do you know if something is true or not, because there's a lot of stuff out there and not all of it is really good information. It's really great to just flex. It's like a, a gym session for your third eye, this webinar. Putting the past in the past webinar really, really helps to kind of build upon everything we talked about today. It's all about healing trauma from the past. Um, awakening the divine masculine is also very relevant now because it's all about uh, the divine masculine being the side of us that is logical and plans things out and the side of us that can consciously create our future using that divine masculine sort of manifestation, right? We, we create a structure for ourselves to succeed, and then we use the divine feminine to fill in and to create, right? We create, we create a structure, and then we create through that structure. And so we will be talking about some of that on this Saturday's webinar, but it's a whole webinar called Awakening Divine Masculine, Navigating the Dark Night of the Soul, which is for anyone who feels like they're in a dark night of the soul now or has just been through one, or know someone who's been through one is a really great tool to help you move through the, the dark night, understand the dark night, a deeper level forgiveness, uh, which is an entire webinar based on forgiveness, just like it sounds. And I know we talked about a lot of that today. It just really goes very in depth about what it means to forgive and how we truly forgive. Um, a guided meditation to meet your spirit guides and activate your psychic gifts and a healing transmission to help you just feel more in alignment and help you to learn to love yourself. So that's offer one that is $99 and it's, I think it's like 57% off regular price. And then offer two is you get all that plus you get a private session with me. And the private session with me is what I call a soul plan reading. And in this soul plan reading, what I'm doing is connecting in with your spirit guides and with the assistance of my guides. And we are reading your life plan. We're channeling through some details about your soul lessons and your relationships during this carnation. Incarnation, why did your soul plan certain events? Why did your soul plan certain relationships for you? What is the karma that's being balanced in these relationships? How do you best move forward? What are you meant to bring forth on this planet? What's your service work? What type of light worker are you? Um, and also, what visions do I get about your future? Because one of my clairvoyant abilities 
because I do get a lot of visions, and when I'm doing a reading for someone, I pretty much always get some visions about their future. What am I seeing for them? And I get also subtle feelings sometimes about the timing of things. Not always, but sometimes. Um, so it, it can be really helpful just to give you more clarity moving forward. It's a special 40-minute reading, which I'm, I usually don't do 40-minute readings. Special for Quantum Conversations listeners and uh, only available through this package. And I'm only making 20 appointments available because my schedule is already pretty busy. Uh, so 20 appointments. So only 20 of these packages are available as a package too. Um, so you can check that all out on the, the Quantum Conversations page, right, Lauren? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Those, yeah. those are really great tools, all of the lessons in there. And I love it because you've actually been through this time, and these are what you've learned in your, uh, you know, you are an expert PhD in this because of the it, hours that it, you've it, studied it. And lived exactly, it, too, it's, right? It's, it's exactly mm -hmm. lived it. No, yeah, it, it, this is not stuff that I read in the book. This is everything. This is the culmination of all my teachings up until now that have come from my past 10 years or longer on this awakening journey. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. And so you've got some spaces open, and we already mm -hmm. see a few of those being filled. So that's wonderful. Great. Thank you for that. Great. Well, great, great. Um, so what we're going to do now, oh, by the way, that is at AcousticHealth.com slash special offers slash Matthew. And, of course, there's links to that special offer on any platform that you're listening to this show on. Okay, let's go to, we're going to go to um, the web call with David. Hello, David. Hello. Hi, hey, would David. you like a little mini video with what, Matthew John? Wow, what a wonderful uh, program this has been. I've uh, had my eyes open so much today. Uh, oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Matthew. It's been a pleasure uh, being a part of this whole call. You're welcome, and thank you so much for joining. Um, um, so tell me, what is it that has been most valuable to you? What have you most been able to take from this call? The it was the the eight step process of of the okay. uh, good. Uh, uh, you know, the eight step process of, of removing trauma is what really was uh, most helpful to me. I. I uh, the uh, 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 let's see. I discovered that uh, that because I've been going through a lot of grief here the past few months, and uh, yeah, and uh, and the the that there the, the sadness that has been uh, plaguing me uh, yeah. that I just I can't feel any more joy is you know when you started talking about rage. Uh, I feel mm. that rage has been directed at, at myself, not at anyone else. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, and uh, uh, just un you know, just uh, it's just been unbearable the rage and and uh, yeah. So that that's the, the starting point for you. That's the launching point. Is how do I have to learn? this is the time because if not now when this is the time to learn to truly absolve myself of, of all guilt to absolve myself of that illusion that I've done anything wrong to absolve myself of that illusion that I picked up when I was a kid 
that somehow whatever was going on with my parents was my fault, right? Or whatever was going on with other people is my fault, right? It's time to let go of that illusion completely. It's time to learn a better way of interacting with yourself. And, and you know, I get the sense that, um, David, tell me if I'm wrong, there's probably, there's some things in your life that you've always wanted to do that, that you feel like you've never been able to do, right? You feel like maybe you haven't ever been on the path you truly wanted. Am I yeah. correct? Yes, and yeah. uh, uh, and, and you know, and, and I'm just doing so much uh, accusing myself, uh, you know, holding myself up to judgment, yeah. being you've yeah. been so selfish all your life, uh, yeah. and comparing myself to to other friends and saying, "Look, how yeah. you failed your life." Yeah. I'm 63, yeah, exactly, and uh, and it's uh, exactly. And my yep. health has gone down the past six months after uh, a blood and all the vine passed. Uh, I'm and sorry, I, what I, I didn't hear, I didn't get that. What what happened? Uh, a dog that would uh, a dog of mine, and my oh, dog. Oh, I'm so sorry. And uh, well, and, and and I was I'm blaming myself for that loss, and yeah. uh, and then uh, uh, these past few months I. I I I've just, I have but, but the the hermit part of me has come out and and it's like David you've been a hermit and and now you're you, you know you really want to be in service and and look what you've yeah. done to yourself. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the truth of the matter is this is the God's honest truth is that just like every human being has a soul and just like I talked about on this call how everything is always meant to be and a soul will leave when it's time to leave. A dog has a soul. A dog has a soul just like humans. And they're on their own spiritual process of ascending through the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom. And a, a dog will leave when it's time to leave, when the agreement between your soul and the dog's soul is that it's time for the dog to leave. And the dogs are such a wonderful, um, not only companion, I, I have two dogs myself that have carried me through literally the worst times of my life and, and I may not be here without them. And um, so I understand the, the pain that, that it would feel like to lose that. And, I'm, and I've lost dogs in my life. So I really empathize with you. It's just important that you allow yourself to truly feel that grief because it's, it's not just about the dog. It's no. about this grief that comes from the past or maybe broken relationships. It comes from past life grief from, from, you know, I, I kind of get the sense of in a past life of just like someone being ripped away from you in a really horrific way, a really horrific way, just taken away from you, yeah, taken so, away from you. And that's how yeah. I feel right now. Is and, and then uh, and then when I step back from that, I say, David, uh, you need to be doing what you want to do, which is uh, you know. Uh, I'm a very compassionate. Uh, I, I love to be with people, but here in the past uh, a couple of years, I have withdrawn, and that part of me has almost been lost, and I don't know how to get it back. Well, you, you've been in a dark night of the soul, and it it doesn't it, it doesn't ever happen when it's not supposed to happen. The dark night always happens when it's meant to happen. We have more than one dark night. We have many dark nights throughout our lives. And when it happens, it's always a reorientation on a soul level. 
So you haven't lost anything. That's an illusion. You haven't lost anything. Anything that is different now or feels different is because there's a new version of you that is being created. There's a new version of you that is coming out to play. But to go, to get there, to get from who you were to who you're meant to become, there's that gateway of pain and trauma that you have to move through, and you're doing a wonderful job. I just want you to give yourself credit for how brave you've been to feel the grief, to have the bravery to join a call like this. You know, you got the email, you're like healing the shadow. Like, I feel like I need to listen to that, right? The bravery yes. to do that. Um, just the bravery to, to face it. This is, this is, you need to give yourself credit more than you've given, you, you more than you've known how to give yourself credit. And more that probably your parents or the people who raised you knew how to give themselves credit or give you credit. You need to start learning to be nice to yourself and give yourself credit like you never have before. And then when you start to really do that, you're going to have to be courageous in your life like maybe you never have before and do what you truly want to do. I don't know what it is. And I don't know whether it's working with animals or working or doing something out in nature or, or being a park ranger. I don't know what it is. Like there's something that you haven't done for your career or whatever that you always kind of wanted to do, like to really go after your dreams like that. That's going to be the next stage of your journey. Does that feel right to you? Yes, it does. In fact, uh, you know, yeah. I keep, you know, I, if I had a, a hundred thousand dollars, I'd buy, I'd buy property and, uh, right. and, and put, uh, uh, dog shelters on, you know, a really nice dog. Uh, yeah, that's, I knew it. That's what I was Great. feeling. Yeah, I was feeling it. Yeah, it was something to do with animals. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then I, I find myself donating to a lot of animal shelters right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. And what, well, that's... What, what you need to, Oh, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Well, I just wanted to say that's really cool. And so here's the key point of this. And we're both trying to help you and encourage you and support mm -hmm. you in this dream because, David, this is your dream. And so <clears throat> if money were no object, what would you be doing? And you just said it. And so um, envision it and start doing little steps towards it. And it will come together because it is like a passion of yours, right? Yes, I mean, I'm a, I, I, nature is, uh, being uh, around nature is my favorite yeah. place to be. I, yeah, I, absolutely. And I'm living in the exact opposite situation at the moment. And, uh, Isn't that interesting? Yep. So it's going to take a, a change in environment for you at some point. Um, so you, you know, and you may have to, you may have to do things that, you know, aren't, you may have to be a bit courageous to make it work financially where you can move to a different environment, right? Um, yes. But it feels like there, there's nothing holding you back now, like literally, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing that is kind of tying you, right, to still living where you're at. No. Oh, absolutely. Right, exactly. Exactly. So it's time. You know, you work things out financially the best you can, and it may be making some concessions. Sometimes, you know, we we might move into a place that's not ideal, right? But we have to honor the environment that it feels like our soul wants to be in. So start, you don't have to do it today, you don't have to do it tomorrow, but start looking ahead towards, you know, sometime this year or early 2020, maybe at the latest to kind of move. Um, and then start looking at, you know, if there may be steps in between having the $100,000 to open up these dog shelters. Maybe there's steps in between working at dog shelters or working with something to do with animals. 
sometimes we have that vision and the vision is just meant to be a couple of years down the line and there's right. steps in between. Maybe there's other skills you use in the meantime to, to earn yourself money. I don't know. Maybe you're good at investing or something like that. I just thrown something out there, but there, there, you want, just like Lauren said, you want to envision it. You want to envision the end goal, but also be open and be flexible to the journey there may have twists and turns, but the more that you're honoring yourself by being nicer to yourself, the more likely it is that you'll get there faster. You'll get to that dream life faster and, you know, you'll attract the type of people. You'll attract perhaps the person. Are, are, are you, you're not in a relationship now, right? No, I'm, I'm divorced. Right. Right. It, that's what I felt. And so you'll, it, it has to do with that. It has to do with opening your heart at some point, healing the guards around your heart when all, when most of that grief has gone through. So you can attract your twin flame and you can live a very, very healthy and happy life into your are you in your 50s now no i'm in my i'm in my early 60s 60s okay all right well into your 60s and 70s uh you you have just that and that's an important thing it's like it's almost like there's a shadow aspect of you that could just let this grief almost kill you like you know within the next 10 years or there's that there's that really there's that other timeline the highest possible timeline which is no I'm going to just live my dreams and I'm going to take some financial risks and I'm going to track my twin flame because I'm going to feel better about myself than ever before. And I'm going to live a really happy and healthy life into my eighties, nineties or beyond. I mean, I, 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 I felt like I gave up in January. Uh, I knew. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you had to, you had to hit rock bottom. You're like part of me died. You had to hit rock bottom, and a part of you did die, and that's a good thing, because that's the part of you that you don't need anymore. It was an ego death, right? It was that's what happens in the dark night of the soul. Little parts of you die, so that the part of you that's meant to unfold and flower, the part, the new parts of you can. There, there's room for them to take over. So, you know, my advice to you is, is everything I've just said. Just the the immediate focus is learning to love yourself finally. Learning to love yourself like no one in your life was able to love themselves or you. Learning to really be nice to yourself. And then logistically planning out, use the law of attraction as well. Use, you know, use those resources. Use the law of attraction books to visualize, visualize what you want. You know, make a vision board of what you want. Use that, that stuff. But also it's about the inner world too. And, and when you get both of those at once, you get the inner world going and then you start to logistically plan out the outer world. And you start to, and it's like we started the call. That's the Cancer Capricorn uh, paradigm. Cancer is the inner world and, and your home. And Capricorn is the outer world, your work. So your home is shifting. Your location is going to shift. Your career trajectory is going to shift. Everything's going to shift. You're going to track your twin flame probably within the next six years. Probably, yeah, that feels right. And you're going to really live a, a really happy and healthy life into your 80s and 90s um and there's a lot of animals whose souls are tied into your soul that you're meant to help and there's a lot of people as well that are meant to feel uplifted by you so does that feel good doesn't that feel like a great future (laughs) that's the first good news i've gotten a long time you know, this is an encore career, David. There is never any retirement. 
This is your true (laughs) passion. It is an encore career fueled by your passion. And, you know, um, there is so many wonderful tools out there. Um, It's actually getting easier. So keep with your business vision. Start looking for the property. Start looking for, like, the kennels that you would build. Start envisioning it, all of it, Mm -hmm. because there is something called crowdfunding. (laughs) Crowdfunding is so beautiful and so potent. That's a good point. And actually, I'm I'm building New Earth crowdfunding because I know that this community has funds that they would like to contribute. And so this Mm -hmm. is a place for that. What a beautiful idea. So I'm just saying to David that... You know, wow. there's a ton of crowdfunding sites. You can go get something out there pretty I quickly. But oh, you haven't heard of crowdfunding? No, absolutely not. Go look at Kickstarter or uh, Barnraiser. Go fund me. Or go fund me. Go fund me. Um, there's some that people use for health if they have healing needs and healing expenses. Um, and so this is all in support of humane, new earth businesses, conscious yep. business, heart-centered, good for the planet, good for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, anyway, absolutely. we're excited for you, David, because we could feel your energy shift. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking my call and taking the time to uh, to spend with me on this. Thank you so much, both of you. You're welcome, David. to me today. Yeah, David, thank you so much, and you have helped others as well by sharing your story, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome, and I'm so 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 glad to do so. Awesome. Thanks again, and I may join your call next Saturday, Matthew. Do you think that would be That'd be great. I, I join think a that call, would be really helpful for you. Get really a personal session. Yeah, get a personal session, check it out. You know, we saw in just a few minutes what uh, that shift within you from Matthew, so if you'd like to go longer, go for that too. Okay, David, thank you. All right, and so there are people with questions on our Q&A, and these are great questions. I know David, um, David, I know Matthew can help you with those, and so please check out and consider a special package with him in a personal session. Uh, And then those that have raised their hands, Sorry, we cannot get to you in this call, but we thank you all for sharing, and we thank everyone for sharing questions and comments. So, Matthew, wonderful, my friend. We have a few minutes to conclude our conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we did a pretty good job of it today. I think we uh, we gave people a lot of information, and, you know, information is really key. It, it is. It is just... It's like when when you start to kind of get this higher dimensional information, whether you get it from me or other people on your network or books or whatever, like little bells can start to go off in 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 your mind and in your energy field and your consciousness. Like, oh, this is how things really work. Like, the universe really is a friendly place, and things do happen for for my highest good. And you know, whether whether they're comfortable in the moment or not, and that's a really really big step for healing. And then you know, some of the processes we worked on today and you know, I encourage people if some of the processes were helpful to uh, go back and listen again. Feel free to share with others. You know, just feel free to credit me. And, um, and yeah, it, this is stuff that really can be used to help people. 
And that's a beautiful job that you're doing, getting this information out to help people. Thank you so much for that. It's really wonderful to see this beautiful information. And this is the Aquarian Age, and we love it. Yep, yep, (laughs) and there's there's no turning back. There's There's no no turning turning back. back. It's a movement of love that's too big to be stopped, and it happens one heart at a time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's inevitable. (laughs) It's inevitable, you know, just like, I know we talked about a little bit of astrology in the in the beginning, and you know, it, it, there's a wider lens of astrology, the galactic astrology of our oh, planet, yeah. having moved from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, which lasts for 2,160 years, and we're literally seven years into it. So that's when you uh-huh. know some people get a little bit like, <laughs> like, oh, why is this not happening faster? Because we're only seven years in, so things are going to take some time. <laughs> and this Things is why we create, time, you know? yes, it takes some time, and that's why we have to build it. We are the ones who build it. Yeah. We get to we bring are. it, and we do it from from this healed place. And so yeah. I congratulate everyone who's on here for, yay, we made it through Earth School. Now we're in New yep. Earth, and we create from the heart. So I love yep. it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, this uh, this package, these packages that we're offering are only through this platform, and it, the discounts are significant. Um, you won't find those on my website. Yeah, that's great. So thank you so much for helping everyone. And for those who want assistance in this way that Matthew expressed today, please check that out. He will work with you. He will help you. And he will help you transcend into this next best version of you. Matthew, John, thank you, thank you, thank you for this quantum conversation. Thank you, Loren. It's been my pleasure, and uh, I, I wish everyone a really wonderful evening and a heart-centered evening. Let's all just be nice to ourselves tonight. Let's all take, if we take one thing from this call, let's all be really nice to ourselves for the rest of the evening or day, if you're listening in the day. Sounds good, yes. right? <laughs> Absolutely, right? And then take it as far as we yeah. can and continue that. Yep. You have transmuted yep. me. I'm going to have a great night tonight. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That makes me feel so good. I'm I'm vibrating. I I really am. I I, I vibrate when the energy really moves through. And I I, I felt, I I intuitively, I feel like there was a lot of, just through the information and through the process, there's a lot of density from the collective, from the group consciousness of this call that Uh is now gone. And that makes me really happy that that happened. Ah, we are refreshed and we are lighter. Yay. Thank you, Matthew John. <laughs> You're welcome, Maria. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Namaste. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And again, if you'd like Matthew John's special offer, please check that out on the link on this webpage. And now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Let's have fun and be in self-love.
Thank you for listening to this Quantum Conversation, and thank you for dancing with us to the Cosmic Heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all Quantum Conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.